Welcome back. You're listening to Your Brain Health with Dr. Kristen Willemeyer, and I'm pleased to have my guest today, Tracy Murray, 12-year NBA legend, here to talk to us about mental health issues in athletes, professional athletes, and he's sharing his personal story and struggles with depression, being a pro athlete. And Tracy, you know, now that we're back, we see these athletes like Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan coming out publicly with their very own personal mental health challenges. And again, for those of you who don't follow basketball, Kevin Love is a power forward with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's bravely discussed his anxiety and panic attacks on the court and having to be hospitalized for it. DeMar DeRozan has come out and talked about his issues with depression. And he just put it out on Twitter. So DeMar DeRozan plays for San Antonio Spurs. When he put out a tweet that he just he was having a rough day, feeling depressed, he got so much support from the community. So we're seeing now pro athletes are coming out publicly talking about their mental health issues and here we have Tracy talking about what it's like to be a professional athlete and why pro athletes struggle and I don't think it's just pro athletes I think it happens at the collegiate level and the youth level as well so um, Tracy welcome back and thank you do you want to comment a little bit more on on Kevin Love and Damar and and the possibility of more pro athletes coming out to just help make this, um, the community and people have more of a dialogue around mental health issues. I think with Kevin Love coming out, um, it encouraged his coach, Ty- Tyron Lue, to come out because Tyron Lue was dealing with it as well. You're right. And he had to miss, he had to miss games. I remember so, that. I mean, That's a great the, point. The pressures, the pressures of coaching LeBron, the pressures of winning world championships because LeBron James is on your team. And now, by the way, you have Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving, so there's tons of pressure on you to win. Right. You know, the coaches go through it too. It's just that we are all from the suck it up generation. <laughs> oh, just suck it up. You're making more money. We don't care. We don't want to hear about that. You just you, you just go play. Shut up and go play. Shut up and go coach. Wow. That's what people want to say to us. That's why LeBron did the uh documentary shut up and play you know it's like it's like people people don't understand that we're human beings too every we go through the same exact thing that regular humans go through (laughs) we're not robots so you know we have feelings we have depressions we have uh, panic attacks we have anxieties you know and I, i i didn't have the panic attacks or the anxieties but i was dealing more with the depressing side of it because of, of you have an anticipation how something is supposed to be mm-hmm. and then, and then you get there and it's totally the reality different. yeah the reality yes. of it and who the reality who... of it is you know they used to put out this uh, uh commercial and public service announcement back in the uh, early 90s yeah, nba is fantastic <laughs> and then you get in there and you're like what happened to fantastic <laughs> It's not that. It's really, truly a job. It's a job doing what you love to do. That's why I say it's the best job in the world. You love playing about the, the playing basketball part of it that you did every day. That was pretty much the the sanctuary. That's pretty much, you know, the, the lab. That was mm-hmm. the, the therapeutic part because I'm actually out there doing things that I really do love. Well, and the team is a family. Of, of sorts, if you're able to stay on the same team and get along with your yeah, team, of, uh, uh, you, you say the keyword of sorts, because 
you got to understand there's a competition within the circle Mm -hmm. because the people sitting on the bench don't want to sit there. They want your spot. The people that are in the middle are probably the most comfortable. And, you know, and this goes for the whole NBA. You know, it goes for it's not just a team. It's a bigger spectrum of things here. If you're on the bottom, you're fighting like hell to stay in. Mm -hmm. And you don't want you got one foot in, one foot out, and you're trying to grab on somebody's ankle to stay in. If you're in the middle, you're in the most comfortable spot. You're going to play every night or you're a role player or you're in the most comfortable spot when it comes to keeping your job. You're, you're, you're being you, you're a worker bee. You're, you're, you're getting it in night in, night out. Mm-hmm. At the top, there's anxiety at the top too, you know, because think about the top. We're talking about DeMar DeRozan and Kevin Love. Right. There's anxiety at the top. The top is not easy either. Hey, now look, you're look, at the, look at the Golden State Warriors, you know, is, yes. is Kevin Durant yes. feeling it? Yes. Is Stephen Curry feeling it? I mean, they have the pressure of maintaining a championship team. So, Right. And, and you're talking to somebody that had the unique uh, experience of being in all three spots. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've gotten cut. I've been in the middle for 11 and a half years of my career. And, and for half a year, I was one of two best players on the team mm-hmm. so when you one of two best players on the team now you're brought into meetings that has to do with the team and how it moves forward now you're brought into corporate sponsorship meetings mm-hmm. that you didn't ask for you got to do way more appearances you got to do public service announcements you got to sell the game of basketball you got to go do uh um you got to be the chairman of charities because it's it, they're charities that are, are, are connected to the, the specific team right. and they want a Raptor and you got to go out there and do that, which I enjoy doing all of so that. So you, what comes with, the, what comes with the game work. is not yes. just playing. It's also being a public personality and right, we right. as the lay public don't always appreciate all of the pressures that you are under and you know we expect you to perform and perform well every night i mean there's what 86 games in a season um it's it's an extraordinary athletic accomplishment just to play in the nba and play that large number of games so and i'm sure again these pressures trickle down into top collegiate teams as well again you being oh, the bruins so what you so you are a coach now and you have been a coach how do you use what you've learned like what do you teach your players as far as being sort of mentally fit and do you make it um you know just like what we talked to these usc student athletes about we wanted to encourage them to be able to come and seek psychological support um, to know that they can come and talk to somebody weekly whether it's to help improve their performance right say you're a three-point shooter and you're not very good so you can go work with the sports psychologist and work on your mental game or if you're struggling with some issues and so what do you do as a coach uh I, I'm not a coach currently. I'm a broadcaster, but right, but, but you, you were. know, when, but but when I when I was coaching, mm-hmm. you know, I did talk to pull them to the side because I, I think that's really important. You can't address the team as a team because the team everybody's too cool. Everybody's uh-huh. you know they you know they don't want to be looked at as a certain way. I think the best thing to do is you know somebody's struggling or you, or you see people. Uh, their their physical appearance might change. They might gain some weight, or they might come in unkept, and you might you're looking at them like something is going on. So you pull them to the side and find out if they're okay. Mm-hmm. How's the family? 
uh, uh, you know, is everything okay with you? And if they are comfortable enough, excuse me, to open up to you and give you a little bit of what's going on with them, then that's when you can be like, look, I, you know, I know people that's gone through that or I've been through that personally. Uh, here is how you can take care of that. Or here is who you can talk to. I have the number because when I was playing, I had a sports psychologist. And whenever I was going through some things, I went to him. You 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 sought that person out yourself. Nobody said, hey, I think you should go see this person. So I really commend you for doing that. Well, it was brought to me by UCLA because Mm -hmm. I was I was struggling my freshman year. You know, my stuff wasn't really basketball. It was concentrating in the classroom and staying focused in the classroom so now i'm talking to dr farham who is now uh involved also the the nba players association hired him to help out with the players i love it. so now they have the same guy that i worked with when i was in the nba and he also works with ucla gymnastics and we both come in and talk to ucla gymnastics from time to time that's fantastic Um, just having the dialogue and knowing that if the student athletes know they have a place to go that's safe, that's confidential, that they and have people they can connect with, um, we're right. now helping to bring that mental health conversation out into a public space so people can get the help they need. Right. Like like the other day on the broadcast, my partner brought, Josh Lewin asked me, what do you think the the Bruins can do to improve their free throw shooting. It's mm-hmm. more than just shooting free throws. Mm-hmm. I said they need to call Dr. Parham and get him in the practice to talk to these kids to help them mentally push through this block that they have at the free throw line because it is a situation where you're 15 feet away from the basket. If the basket is 10 foot high, it's you in the basket, no one putting a hand in your face. And being a college athlete, you should be able to hit that 70 percent or higher Mm -hmm. why are the Bruins having problems shooting close to 60 percent which is one of the worst teams in the country and this is costing them wins and losses Mm -hmm. so I told him they need to talk to Dr. Parham he's around he's local this is who I talk to they they can't look at it as being crazy they have to look at it as if my arm is injured you get treatment for your arm thank you if your leg is injured (laughs) you get treatment for your leg so you have to do the same thing with your brain You got to do the same thing with your brain. I don't know if you know this about me. So I used to show horses competitively growing up. I showed for 10 years and had aspirations of going to the Olympics, being Olympic show jumper. And the first Mm -hmm. career that I was going to do was to be a sports psychologist because I knew showing horses at the level I was showing that there was the mental component to winning and you had to be strong mentally and mentally prepared. Mm -hmm. I then went off into neuroscience but I still think that it's so important to I think anybody performing on any level taking care of your brain addressing any emotional issues that you might have that might actually be weighing you down sort of acting like an anchor um, impacting your ability to perform well at your sport Uh, I and I just love that we can now have this kind of discussion and it's completely acceptable to go see a sports psychologist and it is but there are, there are still some people though that that think they're they're crazy by doing that and and I think they need to find a way to erase that stigma from their head right. you're you're not crazy 
You're not you're crazy. Trying, <laughs> you're trying to help yourself extend your career for as long as you can. Because you're you have a lot of people that 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 you're supporting. You're right. You know, so you know your kids depend on it. Your parents depend on it. Your siblings depend on it. You're trying to extend your career as long as you can. And how do you do that? By not being injured. If your mm-hmm. mind is free, then your body's going to be free. You don't have any stress. As soon as the stress hits and your mind starts being bogged down then your body goes you start seeing achilles injuries Thank knee injuries you. hip injuries all you, the acl was, all kinds of stuff because what, your brain is not free what you just said is you have no idea how relevant that is usually if i'm looking at somebody's body and injuries in the body you know a lot of times that can originate from something going on in the brain so i love that you brought that up and i before we close and i'm going to have to wrap this up I had a student athlete come up to me at our USC event and ask how to differentiate between mental weakness and a mental health issue. And I thought that was such a great question. Like, how do you know if you're just weak, you're not being strong? Because as athletes, you know, we have to be strong and tough and win. Um, But how do we know that it's crossing over into more of that, you know, there's a depression or an anxiety that really needs to get treated professionally? You know, I I responded to her and sort of my more professional um, opinion, but I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Well, well, here's here's my example. I know I'm a mentally tough person. I I had a screamer in my dad from the (laughs) sidelines. Right. And you have to block that out Mm -hmm. and perform. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I had a screamer in college. I had to block that out and perform. When I had my injury at 14 years old and they never told me I'll ever play again. You have to be mentally tough to come back from an injury and, and reach heights that you've never been before. Mm-hmm. You have to believe you can do it. Um, you have to... <clears throat> When somebody tells you you're not good, are you going to believe it? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to say, no, nah, I'm better than that. I'm tougher than that. I'm, I'm, you know, you got that, that mentally weak and, 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 and a mental you're buying in, you're just basically be, buying but, into what people are saying. And a you judgment. You, you yeah, buy yeah. into a judgment that somebody places right. on you that might not be true. So it's interesting. Right. That question is this is great for coaching youth sports to sort of teach kids how to own their power and not to give in to people's judgments about them. And and it takes a very strong, emotionally resilient person to be able to handle that. And sometimes it's a lot of pressure on, on kids who are still have developing brains and, you know, have all those pressures of academics and, you know, performing on the court. I, I think mentally weak is saying I can't. Mm-hmm. When you can, mm-hmm. that's 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 finding the easy way out. That's mentally weak. Getting help to help extend or to help you achieve is not being mentally weak. Thank you. That's that's preparing. That's helping. Mentally weak is just saying I can't. I give up. I give up. And if you feel yeah. that way, you should still go and seek professional counseling to talk oh, that course. out, to figure out why that is. But you know, when you've reached the pro levels, you know, e- even at the collegiate level, you know. You You're not mentally this. weak. You are not mentally weak. Exactly. Right. right. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Tracy, 
I adore you. You have been a phenomenal guest and have really illuminated um, my mind and, and shared more with me. And I'm, I'm just sort of thinking now about mental health and athletes. And this, of course, applies to everyone. But you just, you've really helped to um, sort of share what goes on behind the scenes in you know, pro athletics and why people have these mental health issues. And I love that we have brave people such as yourself and Kevin Love to Marja Rosen, all of the people that have come out to just sort of share their personal journey and um, in, in how they get through it because it then makes it easier for people like me and, you know, those of us who just um, might be suffering in silence or suffering quietly and realize we don't have to. And we can join right. in community together to do this together. And um, I, 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 re- I honestly think between the professional help and just having support, mm-hmm. it really helps. Because at the end of my career, when I was done, that was a major depression because I had no self-worth anymore about what I was going to do with the rest of my life because everything that I was identified by is done. You, no, nobody so, gave you that transition plan, which in right, a lot right. of pro athletes remember being in psychiatry and neurology, helping them to transition into sort of a, sort of a more a regular lifestyle. And that is a, a huge shift. Um, right, right. And between a mental coach and then honestly, my dad was really instrumental. And, you know, as I said, support is huge. Support is huge. My dad was very instrumental in getting me out of that bed, <laughs> raising the shades in my bedroom and saying, you're 36 years old. Get your butt up and figure this thing out. <laughs> Didn't you say your dad was a screamer? <laughs> yeah, he but knew. he wasn't a screamer then. Yeah, you know, he, he, he came love. he came out of love. Yes. Look, you know. We worked hard. We screamed. We 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 blood, sweat, and tears. We did the basketball Aww. thing. We did it to the best we could. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to let you die here at 36 years old. You know, just shutting your whole life down. Get up, hit the gym. We're going to all figure this thing out. Find out what you like. What do you want to go into? Start making plans on getting there and, and making calls and and, and and just go there. And then I found out about broadcasting. Okay, take a broadcast class, but you can't do it laying in bed. Get out there and, and get busy. So my dad was definitely a huge part of that. And I think that's such a great note to end on, saying if you see somebody who's struggling, you know, be that sense of support. You know, check yes. in with people. Call them. You know, if they're not getting up to go out and actively engage in life, be that person that helps sort of bring a little more light into their life and and support them. And I, I just, I, I think it's great what you're doing. And um, Tracy, where can people find you? You can find me at Real Tracy Murray on Twitter, at Real Tracy L. Murray on Instagram, and Real Tracy Murray on Facebook. I love it. Well, I'm going to have to have you back. I want to thank you for coming on today, sharing your personal story. And I know I'm going to see you at the next college tour event with Eric. And I'm hoping it's at UCLA, right? I've heard. Hopefully. 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 All right, my friend. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. This is Dr. Kristen Willemeyer with Your Brain Health. Today, we were honored to have Tracy Murray, 12-year MBA veteran, who was kind enough to share his personal story with depression. And I think what we all have to acknowledge here is we may struggle with mental health issues from time to time. And the goal is to go out and connect with somebody for support, whether that's your friends, your family, or seeking somebody professionally.
It's been an honor having you listen. If you want to reach out to connect with me, you can find me at drwillemeyer.com. Have a wonderful rest of your day. You've been listening to Your Brain Health with Dr. Kristen Willemeyer. For more information or to contact Dr. Willemeyer, visit drwillemeyer.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-E-U-M-I-E-R.com.